0: Joining us now, we're grateful to have him. It's the assistant coach of the USU men's basketball team, Coach Eric Pearson. Coach, thanks for your time.
1: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, Coach, let's start here. Just, I mean, in the early look that you guys have had with these kids, how are things going so far? How does the team look?
1: Yeah, things are going great. Um, Obviously, it's nice having a bunch of returners. You know, we lost two guys off last year's team with Quinn Taylor and Dwayne Brown. So, um, if you would have watched us a year ago, and maybe you did, we were still throwing the ball in the, the third row of the bleachers and not making too many shots. So I would say our progress in a year has been tremendous. And um, yeah, I just think we're further along in practice uh, compared to last year because we have so many returners. So um, it's great. And just, you know, obviously working to try to get the big fella healthy and hopefully he can join us soon. But I, I guess right now we're operating like, hey, there's a good chance he might not be with us. So we're just kind of moving on and – um, if he's with us, it's kind of an added bonus.
2: So coach, besides the, um, the, the the returning players that you have coming back for this season, this is a returning year for this coaching staff. Last year, it was not only trying to figure out you know how to install a new system because everything was new for a lot of these guys, but you also have the advantage of you know these these players that are coming back. But as you approach this as a coaching staff, How much is it different this year for you guys approaching this new season where you've got a full – now you had a full year under your belt?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I just think as far as the coaching staff, um, not necessarily coaching them harder, but just maybe putting more advanced stuff in earlier in the season, if that makes sense, because we have so many returners. They know our stuff. We have a lot of high IQ players in our program. So, you know, something we might have put in last February – uh, we might be putting it in here in a week. Uh, so it's just you can put more stuff in. Um, guys pick it up quicker. And um, I think the new guys uh, will pick it up quicker because we have some returners that are there, not only us coaching them up, but our returners like Sam and Abel and Diogo, just talking to those guys and helping them through it. So um, I just like I said, I just think you can put more advanced things in early and work on some new stuff or try some new stuff out. So it's been good that way.
0: Tell us about the new guys who has stood out to you so far?
1: yeah we you know the the awesome part about this year is I think we have way more depth at every position. Um, you know if you look at the point guard position obviously you know Sam and Diego may play some point as well but uh, Sean Baryisto I think can play the one through three uh, maybe even a little bit of four but he's from Australia he's about six eight super long and just really knows how to play. Um, Sean's done a really good job in the preseason he's worked hard. Uh, he's coming in and getting extra shots up. So um, he looked really good. Um, if you look at kind of the other guard spots, um, Liam McChesney is a 6'10. I don't know. He's kind of like a 2 through 4. Um, he just turned 18 last week. So uh, there's kind of a learning curve with Liam. He's super talented, really shoots the ball, uh, but is still really young. Um, if you look at kind of our uh, post players, Alfonso Anderson the last two weeks. Has done an amazing job. Just it's kind of starting to click for him a little bit offensively. Uh, still needs to get a little bit better defensively, but he's made a lot of shots from the perimeter and just getting a better feel with some of our top players. And then uh, in the post, uh, you know, a couple surprises. Um, we got a, a kid back from a mission named Trevin Dorius, uh, seven feet tall. He's about 250. Um, it has been a, a pleasant surprise, just works his tail off. Um, and then Kuba Karvalsky is a junior college transfer from um, North Platte Community College. He's a Polish kid, and he's a legit 7'2", um, and just really does a good job just defending the paint. He's really good in screen and roll, and he dunks everything by the rim. So um, it's been fun to kind of incorporate some of those guys um, in with our new players. And then, you know, we had a couple guys hurt last year with um, Clay uh, Stall and then Roche, and Clay's probably had – You know, he he was hurt basically since we got here until, you know, last spring. A little bit, he was maybe eighty percent. But I would say he's he's shown a ton of growth um, in the last couple weeks. So um, I don't know. We we got a lot of new guys, but we have a a really good core coming back as well. So it's kind of exciting to mix those guys in.
2: Well, and as you've detailed, a lot of this new. New players that are here or at least new available to you because maybe they were there, but they couldn't play because of injury. A lot of it is is height. So a lot of size for this team this year. And it, it, I guess that I would assume you would, in part of your scheming and, and planning, it would be to take advantage of some of that height. Uh, is that fair to say? Even if Nimi uh, is in the mix or not, it seems like you guys have a lot of height that you can use at your advantage with how you uh, draw up some of the, your... Your defensive and offensive schemes
1: yeah, and somebody told me I don't know if this is true, but they said we were if it was last year with our team this season we would have been the second biggest team in the country as far as height um, one of the things that our height and length kind of does is it just really shrinks the floor where um, you know the, it looks a lot smaller to the defense and I don't know how much different stuff we'll do defensively I mean we we were top five I think we were fourth in the country last year in two point defensive field goal percentage. Uh, We were one of the best rebounding teams in the country. So I don't know how much we're going to change just because we were successful with it last year. Um, But I think it just helps us. Like Even in the first couple practices, uh, we were turning the ball over a little bit. That's very unlike us, but it it had a lot to do with our length, too. So, um, you know, obviously being a top five team in the country, you kind of got to take that next step, too, and and use our length to um, just keep people out of the paint and play percentages. So – Again, I'm not sure how much we're going to change, but um, I do expect us to be very good defensively again this year and hopefully better.
2: And with some of that length or some of that size that you have, are these guys, are they primarily just post guys or are some of them versatile where they can play out a little bit?
1: Yeah, so if, if you're talking about just our centers, um, you know, we did a lot of stuff with Quinn last year and Nemi where they would catch the ball on the perimeter and kind of trigger our offense. And um, I do think we have a few guys that can do that. Uh, but, you know, if you look at our length across the board, I mean, Sean Barristow going to play point guard a little bit, and he's 6'8", <laughs> and Liam McChesney's 6'10", and, um, you know, Brock's six, a legit 6'5", you know, Sam's a big kid, Diogo's super long, Justin Bean's a, uh, a player that maybe the most improved on our roster from when we got here last year, and Justin's a legit 6'7", and long, so it's kind of across the board.
0: I got to ask you, when you say those numbers, you know, they're high, I mean, for as a coaching staff, are the wheels just spinning in your head of what you guys can do offensively with this team, and more so even defensively?
1: Yeah, and height always doesn't translate to being really good offensively. I think it makes you maybe a little bit better defensively if you can get them to buy in. But offensively, you know, our, our goal has always been to recruit kids that have a high IQ, that know how to play. And that are unselfish. Um, I think we were at least top ten in the country in assists last year, um, if not top twenty. And we always say, if you take out maybe the first ten games, we're still learning to play with each other, um, just having new guys. Um, you know, we might have been a top five, or you know, maybe top three team in the country in as far as sharing the ball. Um, so that's probably more of our focus is just getting guys that really know how to play, that are unselfish, that can play together, and. You know, one of the biggest parts about college basketball is players understanding their role as well. And um, I think that was a huge reason why we were so successful last year as guys bought into their role and, and understood that and accepted it as well. So, um, but definitely that'll help. Uh, we were a good offensive rebounding team. So, you know, with our length, uh, I think we can be a good offensive rebounding team again.
0: When I asked Coach Craig Smith this question, he said I ruined his day jokingly, but I think he was half serious too. Uh, I asked him about the scheduling and how difficult it is. He said you were a big part of putting the schedule together. You did a tremendous job. Can you tell us what it was like for you to put this together? I mean, you're going to Jamaica, you're going to Florida, you'll be in Houston, you'll be back in Salt Lake. What was that process like for you to have to put the schedule together? And how many quality teams said no to you guys?
1: <laughs> well, I can tell you to start, we we probably reached out to almost every single team in the country to play us. And when you're when you finish as 25th in the country to end the year last year and you lose two players, uh, one major player, there's a lot of teams that do their research and definitely don't want to play you. Um, it was, it was a bear. It was hard to, to put this together. Um, you know, we did have some built in games from the previous years that were part of contracts, you know, like, uh, the beehive with BYU, who will be a very good team. And we had Weber on the schedule, Montana state on the schedule. Um, but we just we always want to play the best teams we can and when you have a very good team coming back you have to um either go on the road or play some neutral games against really quality opponents to show the committee that um you you are a legit team and you are deserving of the NCAA tournament and there's there's a new formula you know with the net versus it used to be the RPI and kind of how they they look at um your resume um if you if you don't get an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament And uh, we look at that a lot, and we want to play good teams with a high, I guess however you look at it, a low net, so a low number. Um, So a lot of the times if you play those teams and you do happen to lose, it doesn't hurt you a ton. Uh, Where if you play a 300-net team and win, you might go the other way in the net because you're not playing a very good team, if that makes sense. So the better better games we could get, we knew it was going to help us, and the Jamaica Classic is a big one. Um, you get LSU on a neutral floor in North Texas, which is a program trending the right way. Um, an underrated game that's at the spectrum is UTSA. Um, they should be a top two team in their their conference, um, and they have two of the most dynamic guards in the country that are playing together, uh, both getting NBA looks. So that's November 18th at home. Um, we play St. Mary's on our, on the road um, right after Thanksgiving, and that's that's a game where we just we wanted to start something again where we had kind of a a rivalry, and I know that used to be uh, with St. Mary's, and we kind of went away from that, but we'll get them back at home next year. Um, And then you get South Florida on a neutral floor in Houston at the Rockets Arena, which South Florida was picked in some polls as a top 30 team, others as like a top 40 team in the country. Um, I think they won. It was either the CIT or the CBI last year, Um, so a really quality opponent. And then, obviously, after that you get Florida, who a lot of people have as a top five team in the country. So um, I think we'll get tested early on and we'll play some good teams. And um, typically when you have a good team like that, you help yourself more by playing those teams versus, you know, playing a weaker schedule. You
2: know, we're talking to Eric Peterson. He is an assistant coach for Utah State men's basketball team. They have their Aggie Madness tomorrow night. It starts at 830 in the Wayne Estes Center. And uh, what, besides scheduling, I know when you look at a coaching staff, Different coaches have different roles. One is focused on the offense. One's focused on the defense. Uh, They have different roles and responsibilities. Do you have a role outside of that you're responsible for when it comes to what happens in the regular season outside of scheduling?
1: Yeah, I mean, during the year, um, Coach Smith kind of breaks it down where Coach Hanson kind of coaches the ones and twos. Coach Ragland mainly um, coaches the threes and fours, does some other guard stuff as well. Um, I work with the bigs on a daily basis, and that's in practice. That's cutting film, having them come watch, it, come watch film in the office um, during the day. Um, you know, and then during the season, um, it's, it's a lot of scouting reports and game planning. We don't break things down specifically where, you know, one coach has offense, one coach has defense. We kind of coach everything, and then when we do scouts, um, we just kind of get with Coach Smith, and um, I would say the assistants do a lot of, you know, the paperwork putting scouting reports together, putting the film together. You meet with Coach Smith. We get a game plan um, on, on how we think we can, um, you know, take advantage of certain teams, and we kind of just roll with it. So, um, you know, during the season, it's hectic. It's a lot of working out your players. It's watching film to make them better, which is really underrated. Not enough staffs probably do that. And then just doing scouting reports and making sure guys understand that. And our guys have done a tremendous job. Um, if you watch us play – defensively we we do different things every single game so like we talked about before having high IQ players you need high IQ guys that can understand a scouting report and you know one guy you might go underneath the ball screen the other guy you might go over and the big might be a little bit more aggressive and um, we expect a ton out of our guys with scouting reports and I would say we're one of the most detailed teams probably in the country as far as how we do our scouts so um, that takes up a majority of the time and then obviously you, you got to recruit a little bit too if you don't recruit every day your program's probably going the wrong way. So I would say those are my main roles during the season.
2: (laughs) Uh, Busy enough. That's a light schedule. (laughs) That's not a big (laughs) deal. You can add a few more things, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's other duties assigned too, but – uh, those are
2: the main ones. Yeah, I'm sure someone needs to change light bulbs and take out the trash. And,
1: <laughs> uh,
2: let me ask you about, uh, you talk about recruiting or at least adding to your roster. Marco Anthony caught a lot of people's attention. He was part of the national champion Virginia Cavaliers, decides to come and transfer to Utah State. What has it been like having him on your roster? What does he bring and what does he add? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. Um, obviously, Marco played at a high level the last couple of years playing for Virginia and play for a really good coach. Um, one of the first things that we kind of had to get Marco going with is, you know, Virginia does play a little bit slow, and we're not the slowest team in the country. We want to push the ball, and uh, Marco, and like a lot of the guys, especially guards we recruit, I don't know if we recruit certain positions, but we just recruit all-around players. So obviously Abel's our point guard, but Sam can play the point. Diogo can play the point. Sean Bear still can play the point. So Marco is one of those guys I think could play the one through four. So he's, he's really versatile. Um, if you looked at him, his body is tremendous. I mean, he looks like he should be a football player, but moves like a basketball player. Um, I would say that the best thing right now that he's bringing to practice is he's guarding Sam Merrill every single day. And I think that has definitely made Sam better. Um, Marco still has, you know, ways to go as far as learning our system, but he's very talented. He comes from a a winning culture and he's been a, Tremendous leader for us already. Very vocal during practice, and um, just can do a lot of things.
0: For me, Coach, uh, this look—I've I've been around Aggie basketball for quite some time, but I've never seen the hype of a basketball team. I—I I, I cannot remember when, honestly. And and this hype for this team—top twenty-five preseason rankings, preseason Player of the Year awards, and and everything coming out like crazy. How do you, as a coaching staff? handle that with these players who may not be used to it?
1: Yeah, we, I mean, we don't talk about it a ton, to be honest with you. Um, We're very focused on just getting better every single day. I know that's maybe a cliche answer, but, um, you know, I I think we have some very mature guys in our program where, you know, Abel's mature, Sam is very mature, Diogo, same deal. Uh, Namiash is a sophomore now, but he's a very mature kid and, you, you look at last year, and there there was a lot of pressure. There were, you know, towards the end of the year, we felt like almost every single game was a game to get us to the NCA tournament. So it was like, hey, we, we beat this team. Now we have to win this next game to get in. So there was quite a bit of pressure on us and maybe some, some expectations at that point. But um, honestly, I think our culture just kind of takes care of itself, and we just press forward to try to get just better every single day. We We know we're not as good as, we can be and we need to get a lot better to get where we want to go i mean we made the ncaa tournament but we didn't win that first game and, and our guys are hungry for it so um that's great those guys deserve all those accomplishments um and the preseason rankings and, and and whatnot but we know there's there's a bigger task at hand and, and we're ready for it
0: do you guys have a starting lineup projected for october 30th or are you still working through that <laughs>
1: I can't. I can't share all our secrets with no, you. No, no. I mean, I,
0: I, 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 I don't. I don't want you to throw out to me a game plan. but Just. I mean, I guess in general speaking, do you guys feel like you kind of have an idea of what your lineup wants to look like, or are you guys still uh, tweaking? It's still some evolving. Yeah.
1: You know, it, that's a good question. We we really haven't. I wouldn't say we've put you know guys that we think are going to start together. On, we've kind of mixed everything up at practice just to make it really competitive. Um, you know we have the returning mountain West player of the year. So you can probably guess that Sam would start. Um, I'd be shocked if he didn't, but after that, I mean, you you just try to make it really, really competitive because if you pull those guys aside right away and maybe some guys just get the feeling like, Hey, like I, I can't earn it. You know what I mean? Where if, if it's balanced and it's equal, every guy's got a fighting chance right now. And we're going to put, um, the best guys that play together the best on the floor to start the season. So, um, you know, we still don't know Namias' status. Um, you know, Justin Bean didn't start last year. We Alfonso has looked really good in, in the preseason. Um, you know, Abel obviously looked really good, and then Brock and Diogo um, are playing like veterans, and, and they are. So it's going to be tough at that point, but um, we still got a couple more weeks to figure that thing out. So I don't have an exact answer for you guys. No, <laughs> you
2: know, I didn't expect. Well, yeah, you're in an enviable position, a tough position with that much talent coming back, but also some newcomers to try to figure out. Um, Lastly, for me, just what, if I go Thursday night, well, when we go Thursday night, not if, when we go Thursday night to the Wayne Estes Center, what uh, what will you guys be doing? Are you going to run a scrimmage? Uh, I understand there's going to be a slam dunk contest. I mean, what are some of the things that you guys hope to put on display for Aggie fans, to see this new look basketball team,
1: yeah. Typically, you know, we do we do a lot of stuff with our women's team just to get people excited. Um, I, I think to start, they'll do some introductions of the players so you you can kind of get a feel for our guys and who they are and some of the new guys uh, since we have so many new players. Um, we'll definitely do a three point shootout. We'll definitely do a dunk contest. There's four of our guys in the three point shootout and four females on the women's team, and then we have four guys in the dunk contest. And then a lot of it is just, you know, some, some games to get the students and the fans involved, to get them on the floor, um, give out some prizes and just get people excited, um, you know, about the season and just introduce our, our new players. And, um, I know it's, you know, it was kind of sleeting slash snowing today in Logan and, and that kind of gives you the feel like, hey, basketball's right around the corner. So hopefully this will get our fans going and, you know, um, maybe get a little more interest and get our season tickets up and, Just you know, get that vibe rolling. That hey, basketball's right around the corner, so we're excited about it.
0: Coach, final question for me: Uh, This dunk contest, of course, Justin Bean is going to has re-entered himself into it as a defending champ. (laughs) What are your uh, What are your thoughts? Can he defend it, or is uh, who's uh, who's your best betting guy? Who's going to? He's going to give him a run for his money.
1: (laughs) That's a great question. Um, You know, if you watch us play, it doesn't look like we have a ton of guys that are that just jump out of the gym. you know we don't look like the most athletic team in the country or in our league, but the four guys that'll be in it, uh, Sean Baristow, he's for uh, We talked about him. He's six eight from Australia. He's got a forty inch vertical. Um, he he's a jumper. If you watch some of his high school film, um, it really stands out that he can get off the ground. And um, Liam Mcchesney, another freshman from Canada, six ten. Um, I will say this: if Liam can make his dunks. <laughs> Uh, he's got the best chance against against Bean, and then yeah. I believe our fourth guy—I don't know if it's confirmed yet—is it, Kuba, the seven-two kid from uh, Poland. They did North just confirm that, by
0: the way. Yeah, they've confirmed it.
1: Okay, they confirmed that. So um, I don't know. You know, it's the guys don't really stick after practice in um, maybe perform <laughs> their dunks or kind of show off a little bit, kinda, you know, like like they used to. Or maybe I'm gone before they do that. But if I were to bet on somebody other than uh,
0: Justin Bean, I'd go with Liam. All right. Ah, okay. Yeah, going right. to be fun. It'll be good. Hey, some intrigue. Some creativity, too. And that
1: that's the part I'm still trying to figure out with some of these freshmen is do
0: they have some creativity, <laughs> too? <laughs> uh, awesome. Hey, actually, no, I got one really quick. You talked about Justin Bean just a little bit. There's a really cool video of him changing his oh, number yeah, I saw that to today. 34 in honor of his dad. Can you talk about Justin Bean as not only a player on the court and the spark he brings? but a person off the court as well? And what attracts you guys as a coaching staff to him so much?
1: Yeah. If you know Justin Bean or anybody around campus, know, like he is one of the most popular guys on campus. Uh, by far one of the nicest people and most down-to-earth people you will ever meet. Um, just from when I first got to campus, I mean, Justin came to my office and we probably talked for 45 minutes. I'm not sure basketball came up one time. Um, he's asking about my family, about my back, you know, where I've been. And just, I, I don't know if you get to know Justin, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, but just a really personable guy, um, a guy that draws people near to them, to him because of his infectious personality. Um, and you, like when you're around him, you understand why he's like that. He was raised the right way. You meet his parents. You completely understand that. But off the floor, uh, phenomenal person when you, when you get Justin on the floor, um, like I told you guys before in the interview uh, by far the most improved player from last year to this year. I mean, it's not even close. Uh, You know, he was frustrating right away when we got him just everything from offense to defense. But Justin put that time in and Justin wanted to be a very good player. And by the end of the year, it was hard not to play him because of his work ethic, because of his toughness, uh, his energy on the floor. Like he's always smiling. It just looks like he loves basketball. And he's having a great time. And it's it's like, how how do you not play a guy like that? Um, you know, it's just it's contagious. His energy is contagious. So um, if you don't know Justin, if you saw him at Walmart or wherever and you stop and talk to him, it might be a 30-minute conversation because he's that good of a person.
0: Hey, Coach, thank you so much for your time. You've been so generous with it. We greatly appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow night at 8-3 at the Wayne Estes Center. And look forward to seeing this squad as they begin October 30th. Yeah, have
2: fun tomorrow night, Coach.
0: Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. Go Aggies.